Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. WTIC's Computer Talk with Tab is brought to you by GoNetSpeed, your choice for crazy fast fiber internet. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Dennis. And that's Dennis Halnan. He's from uh, Tab Computer Systems. He comes in and helps me out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. We're happy to have him. And uh, feel free to get online. I know it's a nice cloudy day out there, so you're, you're thinking about your computer, right? So cuddle up with your computer, and if you have any issues with it, we'll help you out. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. Also, we are broadcasting live over at WTIC's Facebook page, as long as Zuckerberg deems it worthy. And it fits the algorithm these days. Man, that algorithm sounds pretty nasty. <laughs> uh, but as long as it fits the algorithm, and... Uh, you can go ahead and watch us over there, and we'll post everything that we talk about live over at computertalkwithtab.com. Mike G does that as the show goes on. And uh, if you like Tab Computer Systems on Facebook, it'll get into your newsfeed again, if Zuckerberg deems it worthy. As usual and customary, we have our news that we like to bring up, and uh, Mr. Dennis here has a few things he'd like to talk about. Well, we have a uh, pretty serious breach. Yeah. It spanned five years. Five years. And it involved a com- it involves a company that most of I would think the public has never heard of. I didn't even know it existed. As a I thing. didn't either. Uh, however, you do deal with them. Everyone does. Everyone does because if you have a cell phone, mm-hmm. your texts are transiting between carriers using this company. Their name is Cineverse. Right. S y n i v e r s e, and they were hacked. The five hack- years. The hack endured for five years. <laughs> the hack included pretty much everything about every text that they carried between carriers. Right. Including, and be careful about this, the mm. content of the text. Yeah. Oh, boy. So if you have any kind of, you know, what are we talk about risque texting, you know. Uh, My wife and I have been well. married long enough. We don't do that. But for those of you who are ex- have exciting young lives, uh, your text might be famous. And the the real problem with this is that uh, they kind of kept this very quiet for a very long time. Oh, this was a, and oh, and they had to disclose it uh, late last month because in of a, a filing with the government. 
because they're going to go public. They want to go and become a public company. Right. So they had and to disclose it. That was the only reason it was disclosed because of that legal requirement that they faced. Right. And they only disclosed it just in that filing. They never made an announcement. They never said a word. Right. By the way. Hey, uh, so you know. all, all those uh, crazy texts that you sent over the last several years. Well, <laughs> uh, somebody got them. Yeah, right. And so it makes sense. I would never have thought there would be a, a intermediary like this, but it does make technical sense, right? So you yeah. can't get from Verizon to AT&T without somebody in the middle connected to them saying, right. "Come on over and send your stuff through us." Yeah, so, there's got to be there's got to be a middleman to carry them over. And I wonder if they're charged they must be charging per text. I mean, they must charge How do they how, how are they making money? I mean, obviously the the carriers are paying them to be that middle person. I would think. True. Yeah. So somebody. So we're paying obviously as customers for that service, but well, it probably works the way the phone companies work with uh, intercarriage, right? And it's probably by minute because uh, I think by minute a text is charged by minute. Well, is well, it, data? it would be by text then, or is it? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But so yeah, your your texts have been read by somebody uh, who is interested in whatever you're sending over the past five years. We'll put a link up there for you guys, um, so you can read the story and. And decide for yourself. In other news, you guys probably heard of this news. Facebook was out <laughs> for seven hours. No, really? Were yeah. they? Nobody, nobody noticed. Uh, actually, uh, uh, when it was out, all of a sudden, people came out of their homes. They went and went in their gardens. They read a book. Um, so it probably did a lot for the humanity for the seven hours it was out. But the thing about this outage, it came about when there was that whistleblower talking, right? It seems so weirdly coincidental, right? Well, it when I heard about it, I'm thinking, oh, great, anonymous got to them or something, you know? You're, right. You're wondering if some kind of activist did this, carried right. it out somehow, or did the, or did Zuckerberg say, oh, you know what? We'll get some sympathy if we go down. We'll show those people who hate Facebook. We'll oh. go down for seven hours. Oh, yeah, that too. All sorts of weird things crossed my mind, but it turns out it was just a. And, and another, you know, a mistake made by IT people, um, really on the cloud, where they did something with their edge routers that allowed for them to be no longer noticed by the planet, right? And the the funniest thing about this is because Facebook believes so much in their cloud technology, they use only their cloud technology to communicate and and work between offices. So they really had to resort to basically cups and string in order to actually communicate because their entire system was being, it was went down. So it's a circular problem. They didn't have any redundant system. It all went down. The cloud went down for them, which was their own data centers, their own servers. And to top it off, mm-hmm. they couldn't get into their data centers because they used those technologies that are down in the data centers to get into the data centers. Wow. <laughs> are you kidding me? It's nuts. Uh, so, guys, I mean, when you're thinking about putting up systems and redundancies and you're thinking about the cloud, think about how it can go down, right? I mean, you put all your eggs in the one that one basket and they went they, – they literally – I don't know how they had to break down the door. I don't know what they had to do to get in the data center, but they couldn't use their, their technology because it was no longer communicating with their technology. You <laughs> <laughs> can't make it up. So – Seven hours is a long time to have your entire system down globally. Um, supposedly, Zuckerberg lost $6 billion in Ooh. value because of that. Um, and the stock wow. made a little change, but that's all on paper anyways. Um, so it's just interesting. It's, it's, uh, we'll put a link up here for you because uh, there's a lot of great articles about this, this whole thing as far as what happened. Um, 
And, you know, nobody's shedding a tear, obviously. But it is it is something to consider as far as when you start putting your stuff in, in these data centers, these clouds or what have you, uh, how are you going to operate if they go down? I mean, if you're not planning for that. I have I have discussions with clients all the time about disaster recovery. Yeah. And the the discussion has to start with, well, what is a disaster to you? You know, mm-hmm. a disaster is, to me, could be a completely different thing to an accounting firm, to a law firm, to a to a financial advisor. What's a disaster to you? Is it being down for four hours? Is that a disaster? Or is it being down for a week? Maybe that's a disaster. How, how, mm-hmm. What's a disaster? And then you have to decide, of the things that you know you decide is a disaster, how are you going to mitigate for it? How are you going to deal with you know whatever backup you have, whatever recovery strategy you have? How long is that recovery strategy? Because you've told me a disaster is four hours. Well, can your systems get restored within four hours, right? Is, yeah. is four and a half hours, you've lost all your customers and they've gone elsewhere? That sounds like a disaster. But if you, can, if you can't restore your system in, in that time, well, you have to change your, your strategy. You need a different mm-hmm. mitigation. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's something that a lot of businesses just don't think about until until the disaster comes. And that's what they said in this article is that they they planned on trying to do a test to see what would happen <laughs> if but they never got to it, right? They never Ooh. actually got to it. And uh Well, hey, maybe uh, a few months from now we're going to see an exposé saying that, "Oh yeah, well it was done on purpose. That was the drill." Yeah. Well, I don't think <laughs> and so. And we found out no, I don't either. I don't think so. But their border I'm gateway protocol routers got hit, so uh, because they made a they made a silly error. They made a mistake. Um, but we'll put the link up there for you. What else you got there, Dennis? Do you have anything else you want to bring up? Well, we've got a uh, an announcement about Firefox. Okay, yeah. It's a web browser that we often recommend. Yeah. I mean, we also talk about Chrome. Mhm. Um, but an interesting development, uh, in their latest version, they are going to embed, uh, sponsored search results in the browser search slash URL bar at the top of the window. Right. So in other words, you're going to get search suggestions that are essentially ads Right. That are embedded in the browser because you're working within the browser when you're typing in that bar. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, seriously, you've got to reconsider whether we can recommend continue it. to recommend them. Right. Uh, it is a good browser. It's nice and fast. Mm-hmm. And it works with almost everything at this point. Yeah. But now they've just compromised the whole thing. Right. By burying advertising into their product. As you type the search, and if, if, if they think they want to send you to a place for that search, it'll be a paid result rather than a, a organic genuine result. result that came up through whatever search engine it's going to. Right. Now, I mean, it's one thing for them to have to be paid by like Google or Microsoft to put Google or Bing in as mm. the default search engine. Right. That's one thing. Yeah. It's another to do something like this. And I mm. consider it a very serious breach of ethics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wonder if I wonder if malware uh, software uh, companies are going to decide that it is advertising wear and Adware. flag it accordingly on everybody's computers. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine that it's going to happen. Right. And 
uh, we're going to have to be prepared for the calls when yeah. the customers ask us why, why, Firefox, why Firefox isn't, isn't working or why my uh, software is telling me that it's uh, malware. You yeah. know, what's going on here? You guys told me we could use it. And right. yeah, we did. Yep. But they went and sold out. They sold out. Their tools. Ugh. Oh, it's awful, Dennis. I don't know. All right, we'll put these links up there for you guys uh, so you can take a look at them yourself and read the articles. They're over at computertalkwithtab.com. Mike G posts it live. Um, we're going to get to your calls. Feel free to get online. Three lines open for you, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC are the numbers. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. Two lines open for you. And let's get right to your calls. You're nice enough to join us on this Saturday morning. Let's go to James in Bloomfield first. Good morning, James. Uh, yes, this is James in Bloomfield. Is yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I have a uh, an indirect question about Open DNS. All right. And the question is: Have you ever discussed the subject of DNS over HTTPS on this program? In what in what context? Well, the reason I say is that. Um, all three of the major browsers, Firefox, Chrome, and Edge, uh, support uh, support this feature within their settings. And I found out recently, much to my surprise, earlier this week, I, I got on the uh, Open DNS Setup Guide page. Yep. Uh, and I, I my my setup requires that I do it at the device level. So um, I. Just for fun, I, I ran the test and it failed, and I was dumbfounded. And uh, I went back and checked all my uh, Ethernet, IV, IPv4, and six settings, and mm-hmm. they were fine. I did some internet searches, and then I, I finally, at, at last resort, I, I went back to the Open DNS page, the, uh, the the setup guide. Yep. And I went. Uh, I'm going to go to it right now. I, I went to the um, uh, computer workstation and, and laptops and uh, the, a list comes up and the, the user is originally drawn uh, to uh, Windows 10 configuration mm-hmm. which basically just tells you to set up your, your Ethernet IPv4 and 6 settings. Yep. Um, but there's one above it, right at the top. It says using DNS over HTTPS DOH with Open DNS. Yep. And the reason, uh, apparently, the reason I failed is that Firefox has, uh, in a recent installation, has has put in a, a default. They use their own DNS server, which oh. overrides whatever you put in Ethernet. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's described very. It's just how to set it up. Is described perfectly within the uh, Open DNS setup guide. Right now, we should explain what James is talking about. So, when you're when you're using DNS now, and it's not over HTTPS, it's it's unencrypted. It's a, it's where you're searching is available, quote unquote, available, right? And now you've even heard in the news that you're going to start having um, warrants put out for people based on keyword searches. 
right? Starting, you know, it's already been yeah, done. Yeah, it's probably already been done. Yeah. And I mean, and again, I think I brought this up in the shows before, but we used to have the you know librarians come in way back in 2000 talking about how private they kept your, just simply taking your books out. FBI couldn't mm-hmm. come and figure out whether or not you're taking out Catcher in the Rye or whatever you're taking out, right? They were very right. proud of that fact. Well, nowadays, you can get a keyword search, and if it's the wrong search, you know, as long as you don't do anything wrong, uh, they can you know submit a warrant. So what James is saying is you can actually encrypt your DNS um, uh, searches this way and uh, actually have more privacy, which is something new. Uh, it is fairly new. Uh, I'm looking here at, uh, I guess, Chrome came out with it back in um, May of mm-hmm. 2020. Yeah, and the, the write, by the way, the write-up in uh, OpenDNS is incorrect. Uh, as, as I said earlier, the you can go into the settings on both uh, on Firefox, Chrome, and Edge, and actually set up to use HTTP uh, DNS over HTTP, HTTPS. HTTPS. Yeah. And direct it to use OpenDNS. Right. So. And that's what I, I finally had to do. And once once I once I read once I read the write up in, in the Open DNS setup guide, I was able to set it back up so that my uh, yeah uh, when I ran the test, it, it passed this time. Yeah, and we'll put a link up to that information so that you are yeah. at least aware that you could be more even more secure. Yes. Uh, uh, as far as how you use your system and have it encrypted. Um, very good point there, James. We have not talked about. Yeah, it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It was. It was. It was a. It was a real. It was a real surprise because, as I said, when I I failed, I always assumed I'd been going over uh, Open DNS, and uh, right. it, supposedly it is faster and it is probably more secure. But uh, uh, I, I think it's good that the browsers are doing that. And by the yeah. way, oh, I, definitely, uh, the upcoming Windows 11 says that that is a default. Uh, uh, configuration aspect, okay aspect yeah of its, and it will uh, happen at the operating system level then yes that is yep. correct all right very good james i appreciate you for bringing it to our attention and getting an answer to the listeners thank you so much yeah you're very welcome all right have a bye. good one bye-bye yeah that's great he makes a good point and excellent uh, point we uh <laughs> it came out in may but we were all talking about covid so we're gonna be here till 11 <laughs> o'clock feel free to get online we'll put a link up to that instruction that james talked about for you if you want to use dns over HTTPS. so mike hang on jonathan hang on Two lines open for you guys. Feel free to get online, 896-WTIC-522-WTIC. Everything's posted live over at computertalkwithtab.com. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We have a couple lines open for you. Feel free to get online. And we'll do our best to help you out. And we have put those links up there for you as to learn how to use uh, DNS over HTTPS to secure your searches a little bit more. Um, now that Big Brother is watching. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny. I was talking to Dennis off air. The Southington Marching Band uh, has a show this year called, I think it's called Dystopia. And it kind of talks about the whole 1984 Orwell as we are watching what's going <laughs> on with you know, search engine requests and IRS looking at our bank accounts. If you got six hundred bucks in it, I mean, it's, mm. it's what timing on that show, guys. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it in Cheshire this uh, this evening. So, if you're in the if you're in the marching band scene, you want to check out some good uh, marching band shows. Cheshire's got their show this evening, uh, so go check it out. Think the weather's going to be good. 
And you can watch the Southington Marching Band perform, just, I think it's called Dystopia. Hmm. Well, let's get to your calls. We're going to go to uh, Mike in Farmington next. What's happening, Mike? Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Our pleasure. I recently recently attended a uh, 50th high school reunion, and I was asked there to put together a website whereby the folks who took pictures from the reunion uh, could load them up and others could see them and share. Mm-hmm. And uh, they asked for a direct website as opposed to going through uh, face, uh, Facebook or something else like yeah. that because of concerns of security. Yeah, okay. I didn't know if you had any suggestions. Well, I mean, you could always create a, a website using um, WordPress or something like that. Yeah, there, there, there are other uh, prepackaged softwares that'll create um, picture galleries on a website that you build. You have one that comes to mind? Um, I can't recall the name of it, but I have seen it. In Is a it like Wix couple. or something like that? Well, Wix will do it yeah. if you if you um, if you put your website on Wix and build it out from there. Mm-hmm. They will have options for that within when they. There's a wizard that helps you design your site. Right. And it'll ask okay. you a bunch of questions and it will lead you through building it out. And there are options in there where you could pick uh, a photo gallery type website and then build it out from there. Okay. All right. That sounds like what we're looking for. Yeah. Give that a shot. That, that was W-I-X? I think it's yes. W-I-X. Yep. Yep. That's what it is. Okay. Very good. I will give it a shot. Thanks a lot for your help. Appreciate it today. Yeah. Good mm-hmm. luck, Mike. Thank you. Right, bye bye. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, they don't want to put it on Facebook. <laughs> hey, I mean, <laughs> I don't blame them. Maybe that's the best way to go. Yeah, well, it's a way. I to think go. it is definitely. <laughs> Let's go to Jonathan in Monroe. What's happening, Jonathan? You there, Jonathan? Yes. What can we do for you? It's my... Hi. Hi. Um, we have a one-year-old HP all-in-one. The My HP Support Assistant indicates there is an update available, quote, HP Consumer Desktop PC BIOS update, and in parens, ROM Family SSID 87AU. Yep. And I was wondering if you had heard anything about that. We're not having any issues with the printer, if that's something that we should do. So BIOS updates, we've had callers explain that they've bricked their system by by having issues with the BIOS update. You've got to be careful mm-hmm. with BIOS updates because if something goes wrong, power outage, something occurs, it's the scariest thing for an IT guy to do a BIOS update. It is. Right, because you can't. it's yeah. hard to recover from it. Right. Um, so my thought would be if everything's going fine today and you'd rather not experience an issue on your – it's your printer, you said, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. No. I wouldn't bother with Skip it. Skip it. Yeah. Skip it. So – Unless for some reason it's going to make your printing more efficient, which I highly doubt, um, I would just ignore it. I can't it. imagine it. No. So I would just we say... We were concerned we, uh, about any possible security patches. You're not aware of anything with that, are you? Well, so, so, you're, so you have a great point, right? So bias updates do hopefully allow for more security, and uh, especially on your firewalls, your routers, workstations too, right? This is a printer. I'm not sure yeah. what the bad guys are going to do with your printer. Yeah, it's it's hard to imagine that they would use that as their foothold on your network. Yeah, so I would doubt you'd have to be too concerned. But in the instance, in the interest of security, we should tell people that it is best to have the latest biases on all your systems because mm-hmm. these vulnerabilities that are built into these biases, if if you haven't patched them, 
um, it's kind of on you. The company says, hey, we had support for this and we had sent out updates and you didn't update it and now you're vulnerable. But for a printer, I, I don't know that I would be too concerned. I mean, maybe I'm not, I don't have enough imagination as far as what the bad guys are doing, yeah, but that, I don't, I think you're okay. Especially because it's not outward facing right. on the internet. So, you know, yeah, I, I yeah. can't imagine that, that you would get that much more security out of it right. to uh, deal with the risk of bricking the, the printer. But now if it, now that we've talked about firewalls and routers, have you looked at the bias on your router? Is it set to automatically update? Jonathan? Is your firewall set to automatically update its, uh, its bias, its, its firmware? Yes, have, it is. Okay, good. Excellent. So you're you're definitely very much See, thinking that's, about security. That's the ultimate outward-facing device on your network. If yeah. anything you own needs to be updated, it's that. Right. Um, and keep it up to date. Yep. Definitely. Way to go. Okay. Thanks for the information. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. All right, so we have four lines wide open. I did see the the lines ringing. I don't know what Matt's doing back there. I don't see him back there. But we're here till eleven o'clock. One eight one eight hundred nine six six WTIC five two two. Oh, there he is. I see him. Five two two WTIC. Feel free to get online, and we'll uh, do our best to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Um, I did have an article I, I wanted to bring up really quickly. I thought it was kind of funny. Facebook bans developer behind unfollow everything tool. So there's Ooh. a there's a developer named Lewis Barclay. And he created a browser extension that was uh, called Unfollow Everything. And if you were using Facebook, you could click on that and you would completely unfollow every all of your friends. Right? So your news feed was completely blank. Wow. Um, and he found that he did it because he was becoming too addicted to Facebook. And, of course, uh, Facebook doesn't like that type of tool. Right? It breaks the usage of Facebook. It's uh, against their EULA. Um, and they huh. said if he doesn't cease and desist... They're going to ban him forever. Now, Whoa. I guess he decided to uh, acquiesce. Uh, didn't want to take on a trillion-dollar company like mm. Facebook. Well, especially a trillion-dollar company that doesn't even have competent sysadmins <laughs> taking care of their edge devices. Uh, but we digress. <laughs> uh, but he removed the tool. But he did find it interesting that when he, when he actually did it, it basically – um, his Facebook became totally manageable because he no longer saw just this content filled by some of his friends based on an algorithm. Mm-hmm. He could go and check out whoever he wanted to check out. So, right. But uh, he didn't want to get banned for life and take on this trillion-dollar company, but I'll put this link up here for you. Now, with Facebook's troubles <laughs> that they're dealing with, uh, I don't know, maybe Congress is going to say – you need a tool to be able to do this type of stuff because when you're publicly yeah. traded and you're messing with the public and you're dealing with SEC and stuff like that, and you start messing with con- congressional folks, you know they can start saying, "Well, you know what, Facebook, you need to have a way that people can just this. push a button." Um, yeah. So maybe the only way around that would be to come become a private company rather than a public. Com- well, I think Congress can still mess with you, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the SEC folks uh, get involved when you're. A public company. But it's going to be interesting because these tools are going to exist more and more and more of us are going to want to use them uh, for whatever reason um, as as uh, as we deal with Facebook and it's all its, all its issues. I'll put the link up there for you guys. So we're going to take a quick break, get back to more of your calls. They're all rolling in. Ron and Agawam, hang on. Steve and Winstead and then a couple lines open for you. We'll be right back. And we are back. One line open for you. And uh, yeah, I'm my wife and I are going to head out and get the flu vax. Hey. Looking forward to that. Nice. Nice time in CVS and 
<laughs> get vaccinated from the flu. I already got the COVID shots. Um, you know, taking my vitamins. Get out there and do that, guys. Um, please, for your own. I we we're I know somebody who's battling COVID that didn't get yeah. the shot and uh, very bad shape. And I don't know. Just uh, it's your right to not do it, but man, if you can do it, do it. Uh, but I'm not going to talk more about any more about it. But we're getting our flu shot. We're running out to see if he has today. <laughs> Let's go on to Ron in Agawam. What's happening, Ron? Good morning, guys. Morning. Love your show. Thank you. Thank you. I try to try to bet my best to listen to it every Saturday. <laughs> well, we're podcasted too, so if you've got other times of the day that you want to listen to Geek Talk, go to the audio the uh, Odyssey app and. I'll definitely have you can, to check it out. You can binge us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, listen, guys, I got a uh, a, a large brick printer. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, oh. It turned into a brick. It's 10 years old. It's had a good life. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> but I'm wondering, how do I dispose of it properly without fear of stuff that I've... Because it's an all-in-one printer, copier, scanner, fax, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. But how do I dispose of it properly without fear of its memory being used? Right. Some printers do have uh, uh, areas of memory, like little hard drives or little SD cards that do capture whatever you're putting on it. Right. Um, so it's a it's a good fear to have. A ten year old printer may have less chance of that than the modern printers. I would think so. Yeah. Um, okay. There is a place that we recommend that does responsibly recycle electronics called Green Monster. Um, and they're in West Hartford. So just a skip and a hop down the 91 there for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What is it now? Green Monster. Green Monster. I'll have to check them out. Yeah. Uh, my my wife is quite worried about it because she, she's document-oriented, and uh, she doesn't want any uh, information out there, private information. No, I don't blame her, right? Yeah, I mean, she's every so. right to be worried. Now, you could always read the manual on that printer to see if there's any kind of memory card in there or device in there um yeah. manual what's that <laughs> <laughs> well I, yeah. uh, uh some it, of the I, some I of the, man- the printer head on it and ink and everything else it just it turned into a big brick so well some of I the manufa- some of the manufacturers are really good about providing manuals online on their websites right oh, definitely have to check it out yeah yeah just to see if it has a hard drive that you have to be worried about or not but green monster should uh not not care to look at your data, um, they're right. looking at getting whatever materials they can out of it, um, right? And respond. And yeah, I, I do want to re- dispose of it properly, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and well, by the time they've dismantled it and you know taken all the components out that are you valuable. know reclaimable, yeah. there's going to be no way that anybody can do anything with anything that's left. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Okay. All I'll right. definitely have to check them out. I thank you very much, and uh, like I said. Keep doing your thing. You guys are Well, thank you. Our pleasure. Thank you, Ron. Goodbye. Bye-bye. All right. You should be concerned, right? you got to think about where all your stuff is, where you're putting your stuff, where you're saving your stuff. And sometimes your stuff gets saved to places you didn't even know was getting saved, Mm -hmm. and people have access to your stuff that you were like, wait a minute, I didn't even know I put it there. Right. Um, I was dealing with an insurance company. It's so funny. Uh, This insurance company was talking to me about, you know, getting getting set up for my insurance, and... uh, they can do everything for the insurance, right? They can go ahead and tell you what your, you know, your your collisions and all that fun stuff is as far as the numbers are involved. They can they can fill out all that, but they would not they would not make my stuff electronic unless I 
went on the app and and, and did the uh, the paperless enrollments. Oh, right. For some reason, they drew a line there. That was hmm. that was a bridge too far for them to cross to actually click that box. Even if I said, just click the box. I don't care. Make it paperless. You know, you're, you're, the process is so silly in that they have paperless billing and then paperless statements on the actual insurance. So you have to click on two things to tell them huh. that they don't want that you don't want the paper, right? But mm-hmm. but for 20 years they mailed me every every <laughs> like every week almost. We'd like you to be a, a member of our insurance. We'd like. I mean, they spent they killed more trees <laughs> asking me to become a member, and they make it so difficult to to become electronic. But it gets down to this whole thing of you know, where is all your stuff? You know, it's coming into my email now. So if my email mm-hmm. gets hacked, they're reading the email. Mm-hmm. We have a lot, lots of examples of that's where really you need to really lock down everything is, is lock it down on your email. Make sure that it's two-factor authenticated. Make sure that your password is really difficult. Yes. Uh, that's where your life is right now. Let's go to Stephen Winstead next. What's happening, Steve? Good morning, Eric. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning. Hi. I was wondering, you know, when you mentioned disaster with Facebook, my first thought was when they went down that maybe they had a problem with ransomware and that they took all that time because they had to come up with all the money, possibly a billion dollars or whatever, because they're going to keep it under wraps. Right. No, it would, that would have been more understandable. This What it actually happened is worse. Yeah, absolutely. And my other question or comment was on YouTube, I had an experience where it made me realize that all this time that I've been on YouTube, it made me feel like I was in the front lobby of the bookstore with all the discarded and discounted books, whereby I clicked on something and it said, I am an unregistered user, and I really didn't know what to do about it. So I thought I'd call you up and see what you'd re- recommend. I don't follow you. Both Dennis and I are trying to understand what you're saying. What do you mean? Well... It looks like there's a lot of things on YouTube that I don't have access to because I'm not registered. Oh. YouTube, YouTube does, itself? Does that make any sense? I'm no. not even sure. Well, I, I think all it's telling you is that you don't have a uh, Google or YouTube ID that you've right. logged into the site with. Which is fine. So it's see. not... Well, yeah, it's actually good because the upshot is that it's not keeping track of all these videos that you're watching. Right. Then you get into they an just, algorithm list and then all of a sudden they just throw those types of videos at your face and you don't have access you don't you don't see what else is out there. Right. And it, it doesn't mean that they don't know anything about you, but right now all they know is that there's a collection of browser sessions from your IP address right. where you looked at a certain list of videos and that's right. it. So it's an it's just an anonymous chunk of information. So um, you're but, not missing out on anything. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, no. they they want you to register so they can track you and know who you are. But yeah, right. I think you're probably better off doing what you're doing. Yeah. What's interesting is, and I I know we're running low on time, is I leave my um, device next to the radio and I listen to TIC all day long. Yeah. And I also talk to myself, and yeah. sometimes I mention what I'm experiencing. Yeah. And I I notice on the YouTube cart that they get videos involved either with what's being discussed on TIC or with the things that I happen to say out loud. Yep. And that's your phone. Yeah, that's your phone. That is so strange. I don't have a problem with it. I'm sure some people would, but, you know, it's... it's I do. uh, (laughs) I I get a problem with it. (laughs) I bother a lot of people. I was just complaining that my kidneys were killing me, and then I got a bunch of videos on how to (laughs) repair your kidneys. Yep. Wow. Great. It is nuts, Steve. That's the world we're living in. 
Yeah, I guess so. But I appreciate you taking my call. Our pleasure. Thank you for calling. You're welcome. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, I mean, you say it, your phone is listening to you, and they're going to... You're like, wait a minute. Did I say it? Did I think it? Why is that in front of me? <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Where'd that come from? Yeah, we're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC are the numbers. Everything we talked about is posted live by Mike G over at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show.com, which also works. We'll be right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.